in our worship service this morning. I want to welcome everyone here to the beautiful Sunday morning. Let's remember to uh, keep the French family in our prayers. They, uh, I tried to text Chris this morning to see where they was, but no answer. I think two days ago they were in uh, Vermont. If anybody knows anything other than that. Uh, but Chris, I think they are due back Monday. They'll be back Monday, so let's continue to pray for them and that they'll uh, have a safe trip. This morning, David will be speaking, uh, and then this evening, Rick will be speaking for us. And we want to thank Rick. Uh, he's kind of double duty. He took uh, Chris's classes on Sunday morning and speaking on Sunday night. And Steve McLeod spoke for us last week, and, and David. So we're thankful for that, that we have uh, men to fill in for us. Also, uh, Jerry Stevens is not able to be with us this morning. Jerry had eye surgery, and uh, it looks like Mary's beat him up. Pretty good pictures that I've seen of it. So, But he's doing well, right, Mary? He's doing well. Also, uh, on our contribution last week... Uh, if you saw that in the bulletin, it said $43,248. Well, don't hold back on your contribution today. That's a misprint. We, <laughs> we, we just wanted to throw that in there. I was talking to John about it. So. Also, uh, Kathy Walls' mother, LaVon Thompson, passed away this week and we want to keep that family in our prayers, and we offer our condolences to the Thompson family and to Kathy and, and uh, the whole family. Also, uh, Matt Pittman, Matt Pittman's son, was uh, killed in a car wreck. His name was Mason this past week. And uh, the Pittman family, Jerry and Dolores and, and all of them, they've been a part of this congregation for many, many years. And the, we have a lot of history with the Pittman family, so we want to remember them in our prayers, too, at, at that loss. And uh, another thing, Randy Ash has received great news. Uh, he is now cancer-free, and we're certainly glad to announce those things when we hear them. Eugene Stover, he's uh, had some tests ran, and and the possibility that he'll be able to start some kidney dialysis and and uh, we'll just continue to pray for him. He's uh, he's had a, a hard time, and I think he just turned 25, I was told, this morning. So let's continue to pray for Eugene Stober. Our worship service this morning, John Kelly will be leading singing, Brian Ward reading in prayer. Trevor Egner will preside at the table, and Jason Stevens will have our closing prayer. Bow with me as we go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning you've given us. And, and Father, that we're able to be here this morning and worship you uh, together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, we're thankful truly for all the blessings that you grant us, and we know that all good things come from you. Father, we do pray that, that you'll be with uh, Chris and Kelly and the family, Father, and watch over them and, and uh, 
They'll have a uh, safe return. Continue to be with uh, Jerry, Father, that his eyes will uh, will heal up well, and, and uh, that'll be a good, successful surgery. We pray, Father, for Eugene Stover, that you'll bless him and, and be with those uh, who are uh, watching over him. Father, we, we pray for the family of LeVon Thompson, and, and we pray, God, that, that you will comfort that family, Kathy and her family, in, in a way that only you can. Father, we, we do thank you for, for so much and, and all that we have, Lord, and, and all that you do for us. And Father, we pray for those of this congregation uh, who are sick, who are battling cancer, who are battling different diseases, and whatever it may be, God, we just ask that you'll bless them. And, and we pray, Father, for the, uh, the Pittman family, that, that uh, you will bless and comfort that family, Lord, at, at the loss of, uh, of Mason. We pray that you'll bless them. Father, we just thank you for all that we have, all that you do, all of the blessings. Be with us now as we, uh, we worship you together in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you please stand for the first song? First hymn this morning, number 599. 599, Stepping in the Light. <clears throat> Sing the first three verses. Trying to walk in the step of the Savior, trying to follow our Savior King. Shaping our hearts by His blessed example, happy, how happy the songs that we bring. How beautiful to walk in the step of the Savior, stepping in the light, stepping in the light. Next hymn this morning, number 499, 499, Oh, to be like thee. And after this hymn, Brother Brian Ward will have our scripture reading and prayer. 
Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, this is my gospel, longing and prayer. Gladly come forth, all your pastures, Jesus thy earth, and likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, cured as thou To be like thee, full of compassion, living for giving, tender and kind, helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, singing the poor, great sinner to find. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou. Scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak of the same thing, and that there is no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Would you bow with me, please? Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for this day, Father, and we're thankful for this opportunity we have to come here this Sunday morning, Father, to study from your word, to to commune, Father. We pray that you would be with us as we participate in these events. Help us to focus on, on what's going on, Father, and get our minds in the right place. Father, we pray that you would be with this service. We pray that it is pleasing in your sight. Be with all those that are participating, Father. Father, we, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to the cross to, to save us from our sins, Father. We thank you for everything that he has done for us. Be with us. Bless us, Father. And through his name we pray. Amen. Hymn number 621, 10,000 Angels. <clears throat> we'll sing the first, second, and last verse. They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed they led him through the streets 
destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he got alone for you and me. To the howling mob he yielded, he did not for mercy cry, the cross of shame he took alone. And when he cried his finish, he gave himself to die. Salvation's wondrous plan was done. He could have to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. This morning I'd like to start by reading Luke 22, 14 through 19. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus commanded us to share communion and to think back to his sacrifice for us as often as we gather. But he also said this meal should prompt us to look forward with eagerness. Jesus was looking forward to fulfillment in the coming kingdom, and he often talked about a future feast. In Luke 22, 29 and 30, it says, And I assign to you, as my Father assigned to me a kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones of judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And in Matthew 8, 11, it says, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found with faith, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. The Bible's final book gives us a glimpse of heaven where we see a table and a banquet in Revelation 19.9. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. What does, the promise, what, does he, what does that promise about heaven? Well, a feast assures us we will be fed, that we will never go hungry, never go without. It also promises togetherness and reunions. In many homes, the dinner table is the heart of the home. It is where people draw together. Heaven's table will reunite us as well. 
everything that separates us from others right now, distance, busyness, pride, or death, those are gone at God's table. We will finally toast a complete victory over sin and death and everything that separates us from God and each other. So this communion is a rehearsal for a meal that will finally become real and perfect in heaven. Won't that be great? Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the day and the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have to come to meet around your table and to separate ourselves from the world and to draw closer to you. Lord, just now we thank you for this bread that represents the body that was broken. We ask that we would take this in a proper manner and ask, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins. Be with us and watch over us in Jesus' name. Amen. for the fruit of the vine. Father God, we thank you for the day again. Lord, we just thank you just now for this fruit of the vine that reminds us of the blood that was shed for us so freely. Lord, we ask that you would be with us and forgive us. May we draw strength from meeting around the table with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, we would typically take up, take up an offering. However, with the way things are today, we have the receptacles in the back. Let's go to God and ask blessings on the offering. Lord, we thank you for the day and all the blessings you've given to us. Lord, thank you for the ability you've given us to provide for ourselves for a, a life here on earth. Lord, we know that it's all because of you and what we have. We ask this now, Lord, that you be with the gift and the giver, that it be given with a cheerful heart. Be with those, Lord, who make the decisions on where the money goes, and we pray, Lord, that you would guide and direct them. Thank you for all you do, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 572, Send the Light. 572, sing the first three verses. At this time, the young children may go to the children's Bible hour. Sounds like mine, but I don't think it's mine. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless way. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, send the light, and the golden offering at the cross. We have send the light, send the light, 
Invitation hymn this morning, number 777. 777, Whosoever Heareth. This time, Brother Dave. Good morning, church family. Say uh, thank you for all the prayers for our family when we're all going through COVID um, at our house. Uh, Tell you a funny story since Mandy's not here. It's always a good way to start. Since your wife's not here, you can tell a story. It was funny that um, Thomas had COVID and Mandy both had COVID, and they both lost their taste and smell. And Mandy goes into Thomas's room, and for those who don't know my wife, she's, you know, she has to have the house clean, germ-free. And uh, so she goes in Thomas's room, and she starts spraying Lysol. I mean, it sounds like a fire extinguisher going off. <laughs> you know, it's going off in our bedroom, in Thomas's bedroom. And, uh, <laughs> and I look down the hall, and it's like a fog machine. It's gone off in Thomas's bedroom with all this Lysol, and they're both coughing. I'm starting to think to myself, they can't taste or smell. And so they're, I'm starting to think to myself, they're both choking on Lysol. I don't know which is worse, COVID or choking on Lysol, but uh, I thought it was just so funny. I don't know why, but but, uh, but uh, this morning I want you to think of what is your favorite team sport? What is your favorite team sport? Maybe it's football. Is that time of the year? Maybe it's baseball. Or maybe it's soccer. Maybe it's something else. What is your favorite team sport? Now, do you think everybody on that team gets along? My guess is probably not. Because they all have different personalities, they all have different interests, they all have different opinions. They all have different backgrounds. But I'm pretty sure that not everyone gets along. But here's the question that's going to make you sit up on the edge of your seat. Does Rome, Church of Christ, have cliques? Does Rome Church of Christ have cliques? 
Now, some of you may not believe it, but Rome does have cliques. It's in our nature to have cliques. In the Old Testament, there are tribes. They had their own clique. We go through 12 years or longer of school and cliques. At work, we have cliques. I mean, even at family reunions where we all have the last name, we have cliques. But why do we have cliques at Rome? Well, let's dig a little bit deeper into that. Would you say that Rome has more servants or more masters? Well, here are some characteristics of of what a servant personality is supposed to have. Empathy. A servant has this ability to recognize the empathy of somebody and understand those, that person's feelings and emotions that are going on within that person. A servant listens. A servant has awareness. A servant heals. A servant is persuasive. A servant is a good steward. A servant has foresight. But what about some good qualities of a good master? Well, a good master lives by example. They live by example on the way they teach, in the way they act. They understand the dimensions and depths of how people work and how they feel. Besides being skillful, a good master should also probably be knowledgeable. They should be generous. They're full of inspiration. A good master has high values, and they never stop learning. So what's wrong with having too many masters and too many servants? Nothing. Those are all good qualities to have. But how do we unite the church with a church with cliques? That is the question. If you will, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Paul here, he talks a little bit about this in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look what the Ephesians church is doing and not doing. And uh, starting in verse 1. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. What Paul is saying here, in light of everything that's going on in his life, while he's locked up in prison, still continue on doing the Lord's work. He's saying, I want you to, I want you to walk. No, no, better yet, I want you to run. I want you to run 
down the road that God has told you to travel on. I don't want you sitting on your hands doing nothing. I don't want you strolling off on another direction. On a path that goes somewhere else or nowhere. But I want you to do this with humility. And I want you to do this with discipline. Without grumbling. Without fits. Without complaining. But pouring yourself out with each other in acts of love. And always being alert to the differences of others. And being quick to amend fences. So how do the qualities of verse 2 and 3 promote unity? Promote it with humility, gentleness, patience. Bearing with one another in love. So how does Paul view God as our father in order to add to our unity. In verse 4 through 6, it reads, Therefore there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. What Paul is saying here is that road that you're traveling on, that path that you're taking, he wants us all to go in the same direction. He wants us, he wants us all to stay together, both inwardly and outwardly, by having one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, and that rules over all. Let him work through it all. Let him be everything that you are and everything that you think. Be oneness with him. And then I want us to look at verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measures of Christ's gifts. What he means by this is that we don't all have to look the same. We don't all have to act the same. He doesn't want us to do that. But he wants us to be generous He's given us gifts. And you're probably wondering what, they, what gifts are he, is he talking about here? We find out those gifts. So skip with me to verse 11. We find out those gifts. He says, I have gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith 
and knowledge of the Son God to mature manhood and to measure a stature of the fullness of Christ. What he's saying here is that God has handed us all gifts above and below. He's handed us gifts from heaven. He's handed out gifts to the apostles. He's handed out gifts to the prophets, to evangelists, to the preachers, to all the teachers that all follow Christ. We are all skilled servants, every single one of us. And we should all be working in the body of Christ for the church. You see, this unity within the church needs to be in rhythm with one another. We should be working easily with one another. Working effectively with one another. As fully mature adults... fully developed within and also without ourselves, and but focused on Christ with the oneness of him. But in order for us to be unified, in order for us to be unified, we first must have all the same goal. And that goal is the Great Commission. And Matthew should be a verse that should be written on our hearts, highlighted in our Bible. This should be all our main goal. Go, therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold... I am with you always to the end of age. That should be our main goal. That's what Jesus wants our main goal to be. What I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to think of Paul here as a coach. As a coach that that he's building a team. And his team is diverse like any other team would be. But how do you bring such a diverse group together? John C. Maxwell is probably one of my favorite authors in, um, when it comes down to leadership, 21 Central. Uh, uh, he's done that. He's done uh, so many other books on leadership. But he talks a little bit about building a team. And he says, first thing you need, to do, you need to do in order to build a team, he says, are you building the people or building my kingdom and using people? So in other words, he's saying, am I building you up? Am I building my neighbor up? Am I building my fellow Christian up for God's kingdom? And when, one thing, how you build people up, you, you get them involved. You use that person. 
You know, a lot of times you sit there, we say, well, we'll just get the preacher or we'll get the youth minister involved. What he's saying, in order for you to build a team, you get each other involved. It's not the minister or the youth minister or the elder's job to get everybody together. It's up to us as a team to get each other together. Secondly, do I care enough to confront the people that will make a difference? Are you willing to sit there and go up to your Christian brother or sister and saying, you know, I could really use some encouragement. Instead of walking out, knowing that that person discouraged you in some sort of way. It's important that you go to each other and not be scared. But speak to them with love, with Christian love. Thirdly, am I listening with more than my ears? Jesus, so many times, he listens first, and then he acts. He always acts by either touching or understanding, but he listens with more than his ears. Fourth. Am I asking the right questions to develop the right relationship? Always seek to build relationships. I encourage you always, when the invitation song is given and in the last prayer, stick around. Build those relationships up with one another. Don't be in such a hurry to leave. But help build each other up. Fifth, we, what are the major strengths of each individual? Paul talked about, about being an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a shepherd, a teacher. There's so many different roles that we are all taking on. Of course, we're all going to have different personalities. We're all going to sit there and take different directions, but down the same path, he's saying, are, are we sitting there having that same focus on God? Even though we have so many different roles, but use those roles to your strengths. Do I place high priority on their job? Do you place high priority on being a Christian? Are you out there telling others? Our job as Christians are, is to reach out to others, to tell others about Christ. Where's your priority? We must be unified in that by us having that same goal 
on baptizing all nations under God, telling others about him. And have I shown value they will receive from this, from this work by encouraging one another by the work that they do? And are their goals comparable with mine? We should all have that same goal, the Great Commission. What Paul is saying here, in order to bring unity to such a diverse population, we need to work as a team. We need to work as a church family. Paul reminds us in Ephesians that it first starts with our attitude in Ephesians 1 through 3 that we just read. Then he discusses our attitude of us as the body in Ephesians 4 through 6. Then he insists with that one body, that there is one spirit, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and one God and Father. God has given us grace. God has given us gifts. Paul reminds us as a church, as a church body, that in the midst of diversity, that we are one. Yes. Yes, Rome does have cliques. But God uses that for his church to make us stronger. We need to stop focusing on what are our own needs when it comes to church. We need to stop focusing on what am I getting out of church? What am I getting out of singing? What am I getting out of the sermon? Because if you're thinking of what am I getting out of it, you're not the oneness with God. We need to sit sit there and focus our minds and our hearts on how We can center our focus on God. How are we glorifying God? How are we glorifying God in our singing? How are we glorifying God in the sermon? How are we glorifying God in our actions? How are we glorifying God in our relationships with one another? And then when we do that... God uses us. He uses us to reach out to others. To bring others to him. And one Lord. And one faith. And one baptism. And one God and one Father of all. 
I challenge you to put God first. All your thoughts, when you come to worship, all your thoughts should be left outside the door. Our focus should be on one. On one. Now maybe you're here this evening or this morning and your focus and your mind hasn't been on unity. But one, on focus on God only. You need prayers to get your mind back right. We would be more than happy to pray for you. Or maybe this morning, you have made the decision that you want to be baptized. Have your sins washed away. That's what we are here to do. To bring others to Christ. Why won't you make that decision right now? Because he wants you to as we stand and sing. Whosoever hears a child shout the sound, spread the blessed light on the world around. Tell the joyful news wherever it is Whosoever We have a couple of announcements to go with before we're dismissed. Our third Sunday sing is this evening. Take time this morning to write your favorite hymn and page number on the foyer easel. This Tuesday will be our Young at Heart devotional and lunch out. Sign-up sheet is posted on the foyer board. Uh, please sign up tonight if you plan to join. Uh, sympathy, we express our sympathy to Hazel at the passing of her nephew, Stanley Pierce. Uh, he's been ill with COVID and resided in Tennessee. Also, remember the Pittman family. 
at the death of Mason and our sympathy to Kathy Walls of passing of her mother, LaVon. On our prayer list, remember Kelly Williams will have her surgery this Friday at Ohio State. Radiation will follow. Prayers for Kelly and Mike and family. Terry Egner is recovering at home now. And please remember Mary as she has to take care of Jerry. Uh, keep Chris, Kelly, and family in your prayers as they travel back this week. And remember Rusty, Kristen, Randy Ash, uh, Steve Ware, and others battling cancer in your prayers. Is there any other announcements that need to be made? If not, we'd like to welcome you back at 6 for our evening service. We will have a closing song and a closing word of prayer. Let's please stand again. Sing hymn number 595. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. We'll sing the first and last verse, and then Brother Jason will have a prayer. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. He's the church of the cross. Dear Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us. We thank you for this day of life. We thank you for the sunshine and the warm weather. And as the seasons are about to change, Lord, we just thank you so much for each and every blessing that you give to us. We pray that you'll go with us now as we depart here. <clears throat> we pray that you will especially be with those who are hurting, Lord. We pray that you will put your arms around the Pittman family. We pray that you will be with Matt, be with Tracy, be with Tina, be with all those who are hurting. Lord, we pray that you will be with those who are suffering from COVID, those who are suffering from taking care of people who are suffering from COVID. And we pray that you will give all of us wisdom to know the truth, that we can stop this. We thank you for those who care and those who are trying. And we pray that you will silence those who are not telling the truth. And we pray that you will be with all of us and give us wisdom. 
we pray that you will help us to stop. The unnecessary dying, Lord. Thank you for the hope that you give us. We thank you for Jesus. We pray that you will forgive us when we fall short of your will. Go with us now. And it's through Jesus we do pray. Amen.